information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted often signing away our chances because we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding. Quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquered basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language. Breaking it down for us in layman terms. That expressing her compassion and will for us to learn not for a check but to address how to win in these streets this show is for you this show is for me it's for the people what's up what's up what's up welcome to tuesday night 8 p.m y'all know what time it is for the people law in plain language with me deb rainey the compassionate lawyer. In the studio with me is my For the People fam. Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet. Sup, yeah. fam? What's going on, people? Simply the producer. Hey, producer. About to be a PhD. How you doing? And the producer has an announcement. Someone had a birthday last week. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. And Black had to make me feel good by calling me an old head. <laughs> <laughs> So we've established that I'm significantly older than she was at her birthday. The and the interesting thing, on Black's birthday, we actually did the hand that signs the lease. Yep. The landlord show. Remember that show? We had a sure beautiful do. cake. We had folks in the studio. They were supposed to be from Wisconsin in the greater Minnesota. Wink, wink. They're actually <laughs> Philadelphia lawyer, Philadelphia tent landlords. Um, Laurie and John and Sandy. Hey, John and Sandy, what's up? Tonight's show is entitled... Landlord, landlord, why for out art thou a slumlord? So you should be, you'll be getting some interesting information about what your rights are as a tenant. We have an eager caller. 
Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people law and playing language. Who this? Hi, this is Leslie Harold. Um, I, I thought we were going to a listen mode or something. I didn't realize I'd be calling to be right on the air. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Leslie. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Who's that, Renee? This is Debbie. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm I'm okay right now. <laughs> it's about I, the best I can do for right now. I heard that. So um, our thoughts and prayers are with you as you deal with what you're going through tonight. Thank you very much. I appreciate the sentiment, Deb. Not a problem. So do you want us to just ask your question now, or you want us to take you off the air? It's up to you. Um, take me off people, the air. I'll call back later. People, I'm going to listen to a little bit of the discussion first. People are eager to hear from you, Leslie. <laughs> but God bless you, girl. God bless you and your family. And um, I thought your thought you're in our prayers, and we're thinking about you. Thank you. You know, if I can do something, let me know. Okay. I sure will. I'll All be right. calling back in. All right. God bless. That was Leslie. Leslie, thank you for your call. Tonight's show is um, surrounding around the rights that tenants have. But before we go there, what we normally do at this time during our shows, we talk about what our show was last week. For those of y'all that heard the show last week, we had Mr. Suja Graham. Suja, if you're listening, how are you? God bless you. Keep your head up. Keep doing the great things that you're doing. Phyllis, his wife and confidant and fellow board member, as well as Kathy Spillman, David Love, Jennifer Castellanos, the folks from Witness to Innocence. Thank you for bringing Suja onto the show. Thank you for introducing us to him. It was wonderful to have met him and to hear his story. It was compelling and touching. Anyone who didn't hear last week's show, Mr. Graham spent 12 or 13 years incarcerated in California, and three of those years he spent on California's death row for a homicide that he did not commit. He um, told us that he was a political prisoner because although he went to jail as a youngster for armed robbery, he grew up in prison under the tutelage of the black um, guerrilla family, the black liberation folks, and the black panthers in their inside um, arm. And he learned about the struggle for civil rights and his struggle in particular dealt with the rights of minorities in prison and how they were just systematically being beaten and tortured and just I mean his story was really really compelling if you missed it please check it out go to www.debrarenielaw.com click on the episode for Suja Graham exoneree from death row and sitting here you felt the emotion from Mr. Graham did y'all feel sure. his emotion yeah, he and had I, us all about the cry yeah and we had a um, text message from Mama Black who said that he had her in tears because it was so touching. And we had a caller who um, asked about the or the early folks who helped start the prison um, civil rights reform movement. And we learned a little bit about the Attica riots. Check out the episode. It's really touching. I re-listened to it earlier today, and it was really, really touching. Suja Graham, God bless you. All those other exonerees out there, thank God you're still with us, able to share your voice with us, help educate us, and the more people that know, the better position we're in to ultimately get rid of that death penalty because it's pretty scary. And just as a sideline, we will be having other exonerees on from time to time. So bring your, um, your kerchief or your handkerchief or like I say from my hood, your rag, your shirt, (laughs) and your shirt, get ready to cry. Um, I'm looking at this wonderful frame and this beautiful poem that um, our in-house poetess, our orator made me. It's so beautiful. And it's and, and it says, thank you. As rare as a solar eclipse comes people like you, passionate, extraordinary in all that you do. 
always keeping it real and speaking the truth. For this, I have to say thank you. Life wasn't handed to you on a silver plate. It's surprising you didn't grow up full, grow up full of hate. Instead, you are a shining star of hope from day to day. And for that, I have to say thank you. Lost in the midst madness was me. You saw it in my eyes and heard it in my speech. Your heart took over and helped set me free. And it's my pleasure to finally say thank you. They just don't make them like you any longer. I don't think I've ever met anyone stronger. So from black, the broke poet to Deb, the truly compassionate lawyer, a long and sincere thank you. Happy birthday. How beautiful. Wow, how beautiful. Wow, thank you so much. That's from much. the heart right there. And I'm sitting there <clears throat> trying not to let the little <laughs> tears roll down my eyes. I look out for my OG. And she got me a bottle of um, Hermes yeah. perfume, which is wonderful. And I'm sure at some point Renee's going to share the little story about me ripping glass off, but we'll get there later. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach out tonight and join our com- conversation, offer your horror stories about your um, landlord, how can they hit us up, Black? They can hit us up live at 215-609-4301, or you can text in at 215-435-4099. Or you can hit us up on Facebook. For, face, I'm not sure what Facebook is. <laughs> That's like face bitch. You can hit us up on our Facebook page for the people law and playing language, or follow me on Twitter, w, I mean, at Deborah Rainey Law. Ladies and gentlemen, as usual, thank us. Oh, and you can also text us. Renee was showing me a phone. I'm like, it's a telephone. <laughs> Somehow Deborah misses the whole you're not supposed to announce when I'm holding up cue cards and all of that kind of crazy things. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can text us 215-435-4099. Don't forget we're having our competition for theme song for our show. And anyone out there who's an aspiring um, music writer and who wants to write stuff, um, can um, certainly hit us up on for the people at com. And more information about that competition will be forthcoming. Um, and later on tonight, we're actually going to talk about another um, creative event that's happening this weekend, and we'll have some callers on that as well. So tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen, is Landlord, Landlord, Why For Art Thou a Slumlord? Those of you who are normal listeners of the show know that we did, I think it was episode 12. You can go to the um, for the people at Podomatic.com website or my website, click on episode 12 and you can hear the show called The Hand That Signs the Lease, The Real Lawyer, The Real Tent Landlords of Philadelphia. And we started out that show and that show was primarily about landlords. And for those of y'all who don't know, the um, folks who came into the studio were, were le- tenants, landlords, excuse me, and they gave us... Um, examples and funny sort of examples of what they went through with their tenants. We just had John Harrell walk into the studio, one of our favorite sons. He is one of the um, co-directors of CCFI, the Comprehensive Center for the Formerly Incarcerated, and he's also a master's candidate. What's up, John Dye? Yeah, how you doing today? We're doing well. And who's this with you, this lovely little girl? What's your name? Deva. Can you say it in the microphone for me? It's Deva. Hi, my name is Dayla. Hi, Dayla. How old are you? She's a tenant too, y'all, soon to be. (laughs) And her mom is with her, and her mom's name is? Leela. Hi, Leela. How are you? Hi. Thank you for joining us. Renee was scurrying for some guests for tonight, and John Day, as usual, came through for us. 
So, we actually had a few scheduled guests, and just life happened between 5.30 and 6.30 to all three of them from hospital visits to just all kinds of insanity. So I reached out to some folks. And John Dye, thank you very much. I'm hoping that Layla will join our conversation and share with us some of her um, tenant horror stories. The way we started the, um, the landlord show back on episode 12 was we talked about the document that triggers the landlord-tenant relationship. Layla, since you are a tenant, what's that document called? Wait wait a minute, hold up. Urgh. Black, you're renting now, right? Yes, what's ma'am. that document called? That is the forbidden lease. I know, that's right. <laughs> Did you sign your lease? I signed my lease. And how come I didn't see it? And I'm a free lawyer for you. You know what? We gonna, To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> so during the course of your um, signing your lease... What things were you looking for, if anything, in your lease? I was just uh, basically looking for things like repairs. Would they fall on me or fall on the landlord? Um, The terms of the time length of the lease and how much time would I have to leave if they need the property evacuated for any reason and just things of that nature. What was the most important thing you thought that should have been in that lease and that you were looking for? Uh, for me, it was um, the security of the security deposit. I heard that, but even before <laughs> then, isn't it important to know how much money you pay a month for rent? Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. to make sure that the agreement y'all have verbally is written down in that lease? Absolutely. Okay. So I, I have a question there. So that you pay the Philadelphia illegal one month one month's rent and two months deposit? I I, I did. Okay. And if you recall from the landlord-tenant show, the tenant-landlord show that we did, the Landlord-Tenant Act of Pennsylvania prohibits landlords from seeking more than two months' rent as a security deposit. But I bet you any money your landlord didn't call that other month's rent security. He said first month's rent and then two months' security deposit, right? Nah, actually, what did he it, was, say? it was first month rent, last first month rent, rent and, and deposit. Deposit. Security deposit. Yeah. And how much of that money you paid that landlord did you expect to get back when you move? I should get back everything except the first month rent. And how do you know that? Is it in the lease? It's in the lease. And was the amount specified that's in the lease? Yes. And what is the landlord going to do with that money while you're living in that apartment? Oh, it's probably gone by now. How long was your lease for? It's a month-to-month lease. Okay. And you signed a written month-to-month. Wow, that's interesting. Because the law doesn't require that you sign a lease. You can do a, a verbal lease or you can do a written lease. Yeah. And most landlords, if you're listening out there, landlords, I'm finna give away your secret. Most of them know that within the Landlord-Tenant Act, there's a certain amount of time that you have to do something with that security deposit. What do I mean by that? If you got a one-year lease, for example, the Landlord-Tenant Act requires that they put that money in a bank that has interest bearing. So that's why he ain't do that shit, because he went out partying with your money. I'm putting my money in the quarter, and I can't because there's a yeah, little baby in the room. Yeah, he probably did. Drinks on me all night. So, Layla, you had... <laughs> so, you mean that's all we have to do each week to keep you from cursing is to... Put a little baby in the room and have her sitting <laughs> right in my face. And I can't help but not curse. Right, oh, we need, right baby? We need some and little kids. And she's doing a split with her baby doll. Dress her all up. We're going to teach her a little bit of... Uh, eth- that's kind of... I won't go there. I, I think that's Barbie. Is, is that Barbie? No, her name is Shaniqua, right? No. What's her name? Malia. Malia. That's, that's okay. Name. Her name ain't Barbie. That's a, that's Malia with a light skin and a blonde. She, she got a blonde weave. 
<laughs> hey, wait a minute. I got blonde hair. But yours brown is weed. real. So Thank is it Leela or Layla? Leela. Leela. Mm-hmm. You are a tenant. Tell us about your tenancy. And what do I mean by that? Do you you rent? Yeah, rent. Month to month, year. What's up with your month tenancy? And is your landlord a landlord or is he a slumlord, scumlord? Well, we get different landlords like every five minutes for some reason. Somebody else is buying the property or managing the property? Managing the property. Okay. And are these new managers scumlords, slumlords, or, or t- landlords? Well, it's two female uh, landlords. They really kind of careless. Okay. And I don't know if you don't mind your business out there. Are you in public or private housing? Public. Okay. And the public housing rules are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the landlord-tenant law that I'm talking about does not apply to public housing. Okay. But you're still entitled to the same basic rights, and that is notice of what to expect. And I know you signed a lease, right? Yeah. And y'all lease is like 12 pages or some <laughs> old stuff. Yeah. In my practice, I represent, I do some pro bono work, and I represent folks who live in PHA, mm-hmm. but who PHA has taken to court to kick them out for violating the substance abuse laws yeah. or the criminal activity laws. Mm-hmm. So a few of my clients that I still have left have been um, PHA is seeking to kick them out because of drug activity on their property. Oh. And let me say this to anybody out there listening. If you in PHA housing stop selling drugs, you <laughs> have no recourse. PHA is a private public entity. Do you know what that means? PHA is mandated and paid for exclusively, but, well, no, I, let me strike that. Let me qualify that. By the federal government, the state, and the city. Mm-hmm. It is based on a federal sort of model, though. And the federal government tells each of the housing authorities in all the bigger cities what the rules are and what the rules aren't. And the biggest rule is on the, in the public housing is as long as your rules are, are fair and not just made up and you pick on people based on race, color, mm-hmm. creed, and all those things, you can pretty much have whatever rules you want. Mm-hmm. And the biggest rule that a lot of folk are getting kicked out now for is criminal activity. And there's no distinction between a felony or misdemeanors or whatever. When you read your PHA lease, guys, those of you that have been in housing for a long, long time and you haven't read your re- your lease recently, leases change, they get updated and all those things. Folks have been in housing for 20, 30 years, never bothered to, one, get a copy of the lease, mm-hmm. and two, don't know what the changes are. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read your lease in a while, go to the management office and get a copy of it and see what those changes are. They're supposed to notify you in some way when changes or terms happen in those leases, PHA don't do that no. because they ghetto as hell. And <laughs> understand that people apply just like everything else, government jobs, to be the property managers. There's some good ones out there and there's some that suck. Mm-hmm. And from what you're saying, you probably have one that sucks and one that doesn't, or they both suck. Which is it? Both. All right. So what's your, if you had one beef, one complaint about Listen to you. You said housing. beef beef and you didn't say that's a baby sitting there. She's looking right in my mouth too. I can't <laughs> swear. <laughs> and it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> what would your biggest beef be with where you're living now? And um, and don't be shy because anybody they don't know. Well And her her real name is not Leila Diaz. That's her fake name. <laughs> uh the biggest complaint would be I'll say um, I'm not sure if she's trying to be sexy to the Mike or the John Dye, but speak up. No, no. Um, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have that many complaints, but just one. What's um, that biggest complaint that you got? I think that they don't give uh, certain tenants like enough time to pay. They rent when they like don't have a job, so that would be like my only complaint. I think they should have some kind of 
different, like slight different rule. Well, unfortunately, the what's the, the late policy now? Um, you have till the fifteenth to pay. After the fifteenth, they charge you twenty dollars. They update it used to be ten dollars. Now the late fee is twenty, and they send you court papers out. Don't waste no time, like. And and the rents due on the first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And nine times out of ten, though, even when they send you those court papers, they will do their best to work with you, because Community Legal Services in Philadelphia County is the the nonprofit group that works with folks that live in housing. Mm-hmm. I know that they're trying now to get. There's a lot of, and let me say this to y'all. There's a lot of regentrification going on in the city. And what does that mean? Businesses are coming in, buying up what used to be blighted and poor and sort of war-torn, war-like, war-looking property in the city. And they're trying to change it into more um, expensive, better-looking areas, shall we say. For example, Temple expanding. Temple is expanding all up and through North Philly. Areas where you would never expect Temple to be brave enough to go. You know what I'm saying? Areas that I go... I drove and pray down, I had a gun. I a drove down 17th there. Street probably two months ago I all the way you. to Center City trying to avoid traffic. <laughs> and, you know, you drive down 17th Street, you know it's not going to be crowded because there's not that many people of color in that neighborhood driving through there. That's why you don't hit traffic. And as I'm driving through, I'm going, wow, there's a whole bunch of white folks out here walking around. Brave. Looking. Brave. I'm going, I wouldn't even ride down there. But then I looked up past them and looked at the housing. That housing way deep on 17th Street, past maybe before Gerard or before and after Gerard, where normally it's just roll your windows up and lock your door and drive fast. And I love my people, and there's not many areas of this city that I'll do that, but damn, oh, darn, Dan, <laughs> Dagnabbit, <laughs> it's so hard. Oh, we are going to have a resident child in here every week. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, there's a there's an enormous difference between public housing and private housing. And when we were getting ready for the show tonight, I was lying a little bit to my producer because I hadn't prepared as much material on public housing. But know that the biggest difference is if you live in public housing, you must be thoroughly familiar with their rules. And how do you do that? Within that lease they give you, that tells you what the generic rules are as it relates to living there. And then they have documents and packets for noise ordinances and trash and picnic and all this mess. And they're supposed to put the those packets up around the property property conspicuously so you can see it. Not in hiding, not in some drawer somewhere. But let's be real, most of the folks that are there don't do that, so you got to go ask somebody if you don't know. If you have an issue with public housing or private housing and you want to join our conversation, hit us up at what block? Hit us up at 215-609-4301, or you can text in at 215-435-4099. And I think what Layla said is she doesn't like the fact that they seem to be not very forgiving on their rent policy, especially when you don't have a job. And let me ask, is that, I know that when you first apply for public housing, it's based primarily on needs and whether or not you qualify in those little five categories once you finally get a house. And then it's based on your income. So if your income at any time changes, then you should be thinking about reapplying based on your new income guidelines. It ain't going to kick in right away, but it'll at least put them on notice that, hey, there's been a change in my financial situation. Therefore, I need you to consider that. And how do we modify my application? So that's something you should think about. Did you do that? Not well, you, but the person you're referring to. Um, I actually was never on the PHA list. I got. Um, Hello? We got a caller, caller, caller. Thanks for calling for the people, law in plain language. This is Dad Brandy, the compassionate lawyer. Who this? 
This is Tara Cashman. Hi, Deb. Hi, Renee. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's happening, girl? Um, nothing. I'm just listening on um, the conversation. And, um, yeah, I've been in Philadelphia for the last, I would say, I've been here about 10 years. So I, it seems like I move every year, but I've never had. See, where I'm at now, I have a good landlord, but my previous landlords, they wasn't. Good. What was what was the biggest um, hassle you had with your previous slumlord? I would say just fixing things. Yeah. Um, it could be just you know I'll call and let them know. Well, main things he, he said you have to text. So it was never like I never even heard the man voice. I never met the man or heard his voice. Wow, <laughs> that's creepy. That's kind of scary and creepy. He's, was yes. he? Was he real? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Wow. That's so crazy. I should have known the day I moved in, the man upstairs died. I should have known from there. Wow. That was a fire. <laughs> That's crazy. Did he die because he didn't fix shit either? Say it again. Did he die because the landlord didn't fix shit? I, I, I don't know. Mm. Mm. I should have known it was, a, it was a sign right That was my sign to the red flag, you know, to oh get out of there. So listen, if you, if you, let's say you're offering one tidbit of advice for those people that are now dealing with a, uh, wherefore are thou slumlord landlord what's the one piece of advice that you would offer to them that are listening to your voice I would just say um, make sure you read the lease go over it twice three times and also you can go downtown I believe it's on JFK you can go to some place and you can get um, you can give them that address and they'll give you a list if they have any complaints or anything wrong with that property or the landlord didn't if, if they don't have any if they have um citations or anything of that sort. I can't think of the exact place. You're talking about the um, license and inspection, L&I? Right. right. Right there at the Municipal Services Building. So it's thank kind of like for, a better business for Thank you for, for that segue, Tara. I appreciate it, girl. Good looking out. Chaz and crew and Tara, what's up, y'all? Thanks for the love. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We have another caller, caller, caller. You're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. You're, this is Deb Brandy, the Compassionate Lawyer. Who this? <laughs> this is Leslie calling back again. Hi, Dad. darling. How are you? I'm okay. I did have a couple of questions, though. Sure. Go ahead. Shoot. Um, the first one, I was looking for some clarification. I believe you said um, the American, excuse me, the Landlord-Tenant Act um, states that you don't have to sign a lease, a verbal agreement. Well, it's sufficient. Can you clarify that for me? Yes. The Landlord Tenant Act describes the relationship between tenants and landlord, but the Landlord Tenant Act does not say if you don't have a written lease, you're not protected. As long as there's a contract, an agreement between the two people, someone who owns the property and someone who's going to lease that property, as long as there's an agreement and the terms of that agreement are understood, you don't have to have a written lease. I would never suggest that you do that, though, because you put yourself in a position where you're going to have a harder time if you end up in court trying to prove what the terms of that tenancy, if you will. The tenancy is a relationship between the landlord and the tenant. I would always suggest that you do a written lease, but say you move in for two months while the landlord's getting the lease together. That's all good, but just make sure you just jot down what your understanding is of what your rights and responsibilities are. The biggest ones are what? Rent. Right. Who can be there right. with me? How much time they're going to give me to notice if they want me to move and how much time I have to give them what my late fees are and who fixes my stuff when I need it fixed. As long as you got those important issues clarified, an oral or a verbal lease is OK, but I would never suggest that because to me, it's not as it doesn't protect you as much as a written lease. 
but right. it okay. doesn't keep you from going to landlord tenant court if you need to. Because okay. there's certain things that all leases, whether they're oral or written, have to satisfy. So you're not in a bad position if you don't have one. But I would suggest you think twice before you. You said you had another question. What was that? Um, you, you, you said that uh, PHA sometimes changes the lease. And, you know, I do know there are people who have been in properties forever, you know, and they're not even aware of the language right. um, that's within the lease. Um, but my question was, if the lease changes... Uh, and you're not aware, and later on you're cited with some sort of violation, um, is there some sort of legal recourse available to the person, or are they screwed because they didn't pay attention to what's in the lease? Well, and I, but, is, there, is there language in the lease to cover PHA, you know, in case, you know, Mr. Ignorant didn't bother to, you know, check out his <laughs> lease? All right, so <laughs> let, me, let me say this first, this, this first um, sort of disqualifier I give for folks who listen to the show. I don't know if you're a past listener or not. I'm going to tell you what the law is, and I'm going to tell you what happens in real life. You feel me? Yes. PHA is in its own separate sort of box because it's a public-private entity, right? They Mm -hmm. have the right to dictate the the terms and conditions of folks who live on their property within the law. They can't discriminate based on, you know, race, um, gender, all those other things that are are no-nos you can't discriminate against. But they can write and create their own programs and policies and procedures. They do have to inform the folks who live there. That's called due process. And when I said they change their leads, what they do is they update things. Yes. Because they rely on the federal government, the state government, and to a smaller extent, the, the city where they're at, to give them money and to sort of dictate what their rules and responsibilities are. So every couple of years when federal mandates come out, PHA will update their leases, update their policies and procedures. And the onus is on them to let the residents know. But let's be real. You go on there to pay your rent in, in housing, right? Someone says, yo, check this out. My boss said you got to sign this. I don't know what the hell it is. Just sign it. What's everybody going to do? They're going to sign that paper. They're yeah. not going to read it. And yeah. they're going to come back later on and say there was a policy change. You violated that policy, Mr. and Mrs. Schmuck. And therefore, mm-hmm. because you signed this, you're being kicked out. You're going to turn around and say, oh, I didn't read nothing because they're going to say, booyah, there's your signature. Right. So nine times out of ten, if you have that property manager who's astute and who knows how to get around things, then you're probably going to sign that new policy without being aware of it. That's why it's important to always sign it. And your last question, I think you said, is can PHA change and adapt their policies and procedures? Sure, within limits and long as it's not discriminatory based on those grounds that are illegal. So okay. for the, the, the short answer to your question is they can change their policies and procedures. They have the responsibility to make sure, though, that their residents are aware of it. And, but, right. but that's nothing more than at the main office, say you live in a high-rise for PHA, and on each floor on the elevator they put new policy. They put it in teeny-tiny writing, black mm-hmm. letters on black paper, mm-hmm. but the notice <laughs> is still there. They've satisfied the law. So, so right. I have a question as it relates to that. So I know that when I get notices in my credit card bill and it says, effective this day, we're going to change you know, this, delay policy or whatever it is. And then they say, by continuing to use your card and not paying off your bounds immediately, you by default accept this. Right. Or, so basically I have to pay it off to get out of it. So in that case, do they give 
the tenants an opportunity to say, I don't want to accept this, so therefore I have 60 days to get out, or is that addressed in there? There is a grievance policy that PHA has, and it should be contained. If it's not contained within the very meat of your lease, there'll be other separate packets you get. Welcome to PHA. Here's our rules and procedures and blah, 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 blah. And everything within PHA has to be handled through the grievance process and it's an administrative process and understand like i said in the beginning i'm not as well versed on pha procedures as i am on beating phas at but in court when i have to represent my other clients this is killing me with this baby every time i look over at the baby i'm like we are enjoying it because she does her head literally it's killing me i can't even say my jar empty today What I do want to say is um, community legal services is the equivalent of the Philadelphia Public Defender. They do all the civil stuff for folks who can't afford a lawyer. Their website is spectacular. If you go to www.c as in Charlie, L as in Lima, S as in Sierra, Phila, P-H-I-L-A, all one word, dot org, click on practice areas, and it has a plethora of information as it relates to public housing, public welfare and benefits. And the public housing um, section is pretty exhaustive, and it really explains the grievance process. But let's be real, though. PHA assigns certain individuals to be the property managers of either one high-rise, two high-rises, three or four areas or whatever. And unfortunately for those that live there, you you are beholden to whatever their book, Crazy rules and procedures. This is killing me. This is absolutely killing me. Whatever their crazy rules and procedures are. So, but the bottom line here is to be very familiar with how often PHA's policies and procedures change and what it is you can do about it. Renee said something really interesting. By continuing to remain on PHA housing, are you sort of giving into what their policies and procedures are? Let's right. be real. If you're living in PHAs, you're living there because right. it's really not where you can't got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Right. But it doesn't take away your voice and it doesn't silence you, right? You have right. a right to file a grievance, but we all live in the real world. You do that, you get marked as a troublemaker in whatever yes, little indeed. way they can find to mark you and put you out, they're going to do that. Yes. So you sort of have to balance what your um what your choices are and what you do. But please, if you do nothing else, check out CLS's website. It's pretty awesome. Leslie, thank you so much for calling. God bless. Thank you. Give your boy a big hug for me. I sure will. I can't wait to meet y'all. And don't forget to call back so we can talk about the uh, the, the event this Saturday. I'll be, I may call back before 9 because I That's have a fine. friend I'm waiting for her to call back. Okay. Um, she has a, a landlord-tenant issue, and I don't want to, you know, ask the question, and she's going to call because I did let her know. So I'm going to wait and sit back and chill. Right. And if she doesn't call and by tell her, Deb up, said, don't be scarred. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right, babe. Thanks, Leslie. All right, bye-bye. We're trying to get to Leela question and response. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach out to us, reach out 215-609. 4301. Hit us up on the text line. What's the text line, baby girl? 215-435-4099. Hit us up on email for the people at DeborahRainLaw.com or follow me on Twitter, Deborah Rainey at Deborah Rainey Law. I feel retarded. Let me strike that. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter at Deborah Rainey Law or hit us up on Facebook for the people law in plain language. Back to your issue. And that issue was PHA is so unbending, it seems like, with the uh, late rent payment. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I, 
I know one of my clients is a PHA property manager. Mm-hmm. So if there's any questions that folks pose that I'm not real versed in tonight, I'm going to reach out to him and perhaps he can give me the question or the answer. But I think for the person who's in this situation, talk to the um, property manager, not the people that are there doing their bosses mm-hmm. and work something out with them because at some point you that person must have established a rent payment plan that was awesome so I they have to be willing to work with you i asked about a payment plan no there's no payment plan wow money, money, can money, you money. so they're going to let you reapply based on your position now with your with the money situation See, the way i got on pha i actually went through the um shelter um, I was, came from okay. the shelter, so i never okay you know, but you're still going to qualify in their five they have this category where they categorize folks mm-hmm. that i found on cls's website it's pretty helpful mm-hmm. so you still fit within that because you got the small baby right mm-hmm. you're still going to meet that income threshold so you might be able to reapply oh, okay. based on the changes and we'll talk about that off air we don't want to put your business all on the air okay, okay. Caller, caller, you're. Thank you for holding. Thanks for calling for the people. Law. And- <laughs> now that I'm thoroughly retarded, <laughs> mentally and emotionally, and wow, auditorially, holy clean. mackerel! Caller, please call back. It was a technical issue. It was not my fault. It was the PhD candidate <laughs> playing with buttons and not the six-year-old. So the issue that um. Baby Girl Raised is pretty interesting. Carla, Carla, thank you for being brave. You're in the air with For the People Law in Plain Language. This is Deb Brandy, your host, a compassionate lawyer. Who this? This is Monique. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Mo. Hi. This is our effervescent great niece who is in (laughs) Merlin working for... um, John Hopkins running stuff. What's up, girl? <laughs> I know you like to this little girls in here, and I can't swear, huh? She probably says <laughs> yeah. about time she not swearing. <laughs> I was laughing the whole time. Like, you, oh goodness! So you similar. got jokes, okay? Thank you for calling. <laughs> Click. <laughs> What's up, baby girl? No, I was just calling to kind of tell my story and to ask a question. Okay, do whatever feels better for you, baby. Which one you want to do first? Ask okay. a question. So uh, I'll ask the question afterwards. So, you know, I went to IUP for college. and, 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 and um, Up and, and, there in Red Duck, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, and tell us what an IEP stands for. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. There in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Where she has her bachelor's and, degree. Uh, when I was up there, I had um, four different roommates. Right. We lived in a five-bedroom house. It was my last year. And um, during that time, we had, like, a private landlord, and he was really nice. Um, He worked with us on how we had to pay because we we all paid differently. Like, some of us, we paid as we got our refund checks. Um, Oh, that was really nice. It just, yeah, it just depended. But he ended up dying. Wow. Already. So that should have been your clue, like Leslie, to to be out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it was crazy because his house blew up. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, like it, good it, God, it somebody crazy. kill him? Uh, they think so. Actually, the investigation is still going on. About wow, it's going to be on cold so. cases on so my show. So you know what? I'm not sure if I want to live in a house <laughs> where somebody blew up the landlord's house. I'm moving. They Can might think you he say slumlord? Good God, about it, even though she said he was a good guy. Dang. But I mean, yeah, I'm afraid no. to live in any other property that he owns. Wow. So so yeah, anyway. So. When he uh, died, um, his 
family gave over his properties to, uh, it was called K&L. Oh, my God. A, a management company. company. Yeah. They didn't and care they about the people. They didn't care about horrible. the students. Pay us and or else. Yes. So they wanted, like, <laughs> they wanted all their money, you know, and even though we had, uh, you know, with him, it was like we could work through, you know, if you have the money here, you know. So it was like some of my, um, the people that I roomed with, you know, they were paying by monthly, and they wanted it all before that semester was over. So they end up taking us to court because some of uh, my friends, wow. you know, didn't finish paying or, you know, whatever the case was. So me and my other roommate that were actually paid in full, they actually ended up going to uh, the actual court. And um, the judge, you know, ended up, in favor for us that we were okay we didn't have to pay because you were good, used to the past practice of the old landlord of allowing you guys to pay the way you did right is that yeah. one of the reasons why the judge ruled in your favor yeah well let me he, tell you really had- why let me tell you really why he ruled in your favor right iup and the other universities like the military they have this notorious thing of when i was in the military back in the 80s if we went to an establishment, for example, that was anti-military or racist or something, and we, we went back and told our commanders, they would put that place off limits for military people, family members and otherwise. And after a while, let's say if 75% of your business is coming from military folk, what happened when we stopped coming? You'll, um, um, you dry up and you don't have no business. You will flounder. So, I mean, no doubt in the law there is something called contract when there's nothing written then you go by the sort of conduct of the parties to identify and define what the contract terms are what else did the judge say that made him rule in your favor uh you know basically he just said that you know it shoot we had our uh receipts that showed that we paid you know our half and he said you know i won't hold you guys accountable but after that judgment when i end up moving into another apartment in Indiana, it still showed up. Wow. Now, I'm here in Maryland. When I applied for this apartment, they never said anything to me about it. Because somebody probably noticed their error or it was some terminology or some code that the court people out there used that made it disappear. I'm not sure. But the fact it didn't show up when they did your, um, your credit check is a good thing. So, and, and Monique, okay. have you personally checked your checked your credit report to make sure it's not on there? No. But if it was, they would have told her. Well, but I'm not sure because a lot of people ignore activities that happen in college. Not yeah. a judgment where it's a landlord. No, tenant. I meant the apartment she's in might not have paid that much attention because they figure what happens in college stays in college. She's responsible now, and she has a big job, True. making big money. But it's doubtful right. they're going to ignore a landlord-tenant judgment. Right, but I'm, the, I'm the just saying that the very issue of what that, they do is landlord that tenants, as a responsible young lady that she is, she should get a copy of her credit report. Did you get a copy of the judgment from the court where it said? I did, but you know, through the shuffle of moving out of college, <laughs> if it, you, it if might you. Be- Somewhere but if you go on to your computer when you have a chance, type in the county. What county were y'all in? Uh, Indiana County. You might be able, if they're online, you might be able to make a short, small payment and get a copy of it online. If oh, not, okay. you can send them a check and a letter, and they'll tell you what their their cost is for a certified copy of that. And Renee's okay. right. You yeah, need to my, make sure I was you. Just wondering 
if it would if I decided to move again. Um, well, you know, if you apply for a credit card or something, you get turned down. Use your Pennsylvania address and apply for your free credit report. And they actually Pennsylvania have something now where you states. can get a free one every year, a free one every two years. You just go to one of the big major three. They've actually updated that where you don't have to get turned down. You're entitled oh, to a free credit report every year, every two years or something. Where is that at? At one of the big three. What is it? I was going to say Expedia, but that's travel. Um, what are the big three credit agencies? I'm not aware of that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what you are tell they? them where credit to go to find that information. Credit Can you what? go on their website? Credit. I'm no, not that's sure about free credit. Freecreditscore.com is a website that can that offers you your credit report, but they make you go through hoops and do uh, this and that. Right. And no. Other. So it's Experian, TRW, and there's another one. And I'm, I'm not right? sure if all three of them give you their your free reports in every state. I don't know the answer to that question. I know okay. that in Pennsylvania, if you're a resident, you get turned down. You can get one everywhere. You can get one. Or in Pennsylvania and a couple other states, you're entitled to a free report every year. Every year, right. I don't know oh, if that's okay. all 50 states. I know uh, that all credit unions will give all credit. All three of the big reporting will give you a free report if you're turned down. With You have to apply for it within 30 days. A lot of oh, states, okay. though, you're entitled to a free one every year. I don't know those states offhand by name, but I know Pennsylvania is one right, of them. Right, right, right. Okay. So I need to find out, especially with Sally Mae chasing after me. Well, baby, don't put all your business out there. <laughs> <laughs> she but said as that's it another to the, show. As it yes. relates to the judgment, if you um, what the, what was I getting? I can't even swear because baby's sitting right next to me. Oh my god. <laughs> But I first start out by putting the name of that county in the browser and see if you can find them online. And you know if okay. you text if you text Aunt Renee, she'll text me and I'll look to see if I can find it for you online too. Okay? Alrighty. Momo, Thanks, thank you guys. for calling, baby. All right. See ya. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear information on the show and you've got questions or comments or you have some expertise in the area that we're talking about, please feel free to reach out for to us. And if you didn't know, you're listening to For the People, Law in Plain Language on www.gtownradio.com. I'm not sure what the .cow is, but .com. <laughs> G-Town, the what? The from German town. So, getting back to the comment that Baby Girl made with respect to the rent issues with PHA. PHA's rent is based on a scheme. There's a lot of... Um, requirements and considerations that go into that rent determination. I am so fired. <laughs> and you can appeal decisions that PHA makes that are negative towards you, but you have to be aware of and make sure you demand to know from your um, housing manager um, the requirements and the um, specifications as it relates to the grievance process. And as I'm speaking about the Landlord-Tenant Act, ladies and gentlemen, that does not apply to public housing. If you are a resident in public housing, the Landlord-Tenant Act that I'm mentioning, whether you're in Pennsylvania or any other state, all states have some manner of statute that, that relates to tenants and landlords, tells folks what their rights and responsibilities are. These, these, these acts don't apply to public housing. But the eviction process that we're going to eventually talk about during the rest of this um, 30 minute, 45 minutes will be the same for both. They're just started a little bit differently, and it's... it's um, Argued a little bit differently. Everybody's showing me their cell phones, reading stuff. And every time she pauses, it means her brain cannot read and talk at the same time. Mama Black said that you can go to, and I'm blind as a person without glasses on. 
You can go to annual what? I believe it says annual, annual credit. credit dot, okay, I can't read in Black's phone. Keep here. Find that back for me again. Mama Black, thank you. Annualcreditreport.com. You can get it's your free. free credit report. Um, Momo, I hope you heard that. So one of the things I asked Black in the beginning of the show was what did she look at? She, she had a lease. Leslie called and asked about um, does that mean that you have to have a lease? You shouldn't have a lease? No. There are a lot of folks. Renee and I are landlords for our daughter who has property. And when we had, we have a written lease, but there are folks who are landlords who have a month-to-month lease that's not written. And you don't, don't get rent any less. To family, do not rent to family. That's probably the best way to go. Right. If oh you do rent goodness. to family, you, make sure yeah. you oh use a lease. We didn't have one when we rented rent to our family, and they twice messed us up. Twice. That's why when they called me with this one. Hey, I'm Renee. I heard you had a house. Nope, I, I sure do. You she blew to the me. house up and the landlord died. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot rent to you. I'm sorry, I, I can't. So, always, always ask for a lease. If there's not a lease available, don't panic, don't fret. You are not any less protected by the law. It just makes it a little bit more difficult when you talk to your attorney or um, the free legal services you can get with COLS person, that attorney, to sort of determine and discuss what the terms of your lease are um all leases whether it's an oral lease or a written lease need to have the bare bones right how much am i paying what address is it that i'm living at who's allowed to live with me what are the rules and restrictions of things that you say i can and can't do on the property and in the property right you want to make sure when you go into a property you want to put pictures and stuff up you want to make sure that on page 55 of that lease in small print it says any pinprick size holes in my wall when you move out, I'm deducting $500 and you only paid $750 as a security deposit, you're going to be hitting, hurting mm-hmm. and hit. So you need to make sure you know what all the rules are, all the small print within that lease. Know what they are. You got a question about your lease, scan it, email to for the people at DebraRainLaw.com. I'll peek at it for you, yay or nay. And be be aware, most landlords will go on to Staples or Office Depot, Walmart, or LegalZoom.com and have a generic lease created. And most of the landlords in Philly, and I'm sure in most other cities, will share leases with each other. One person will sign it, send it off to his or her friend who owns property, right? That person will, will scan it, delete what they don't want, add their stuff on it, and pass it down. So leases, for the most part, particularly as it goes to as it relates to residential property or all the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us. You're listening to For the People, Law and Plain Language. We're going to take a quick break so I can get myself together because I've gone without swearing for almost 50 <laughs> minutes and I'm having conniption fits up here. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us over the break, if you take two oh, chicken man. and have your question wet on the air, what's the line they can reach out to us, Black? They can hit us up live at 215-609-4301 or if you skirt, you can text in at 215-435-4099. And Sharon Q, if you're listening, we love you and we miss you. For sure. And for those of y'all out there, smart alecks, who's liking the fact that I can't cuss, <laughs> I am as articulate as I want to be, but I like cussing. <laughs> so if baby girl don't come back next week, boom, it's on. Oh, my God. Every we'll other be, word. We'll be right back.
Yes. This is the ghetto. Showing up now.
What's up, what's up? This is Deborah Rainey, the Compassionate Lawyer, bringing you For the People every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on gtownradio.com. My name is Dayla. We are back on the air. Wow. Thank you, Dayla. She's trying to take our job or something. (laughs) So Mama Black is funny. She got jokes and whatnot. What'd she say, Black? (laughs) Mama Black said that Deb's mouth is just fully clean (laughs) and she is loving it. And she's coming to the show next week dressed as a toddler. (laughs) First of all, Mama Black, unfortunately for you, you like nine foot tall. (laughs) So right away, I'm going, no, you're not a toddler. Don't be talking about my mama. (laughs) Mama is mom, five foot 11, six foot two, something like that. She's about six foot. Mom, real tall. So she, it it ain't going to work, baby. That's okay. We can line up some children. We can advertise. And I have, and y'all have to give a sister some props now. I've been doing really well with the nuts wearing. The Tonight. show before last, I got a couple f bombs in, <laughs> yeah. and that last was week be- you did well. Good. That and last no, week it was last compelling. Week, last week, the man she from went off. death row. <laughs> I, on what? I didn't swear. Did you listen to last week's I show? I did. I, I didn't swear. I said F once and said, "Oh, that was really bad." Asterisk, asterisk, triple. Okay, no, I don't think. Then I really... said shit, but the. <laughs> I said the S H I the hit with the S because that's in the Bible that Lynn said and the the, the no, construction that beavers do to keep water in the dam. They in the Bible too, so I'm allowed to say the Bible. No, was. that was one of those weeks you just kind of lost it for a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to For the People <laughs> Law and Playing Language. And we are back on www.gtown.com. Gtown the what? Gtown Radio. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach out, join the conversation, share some of your scary, horrific landlord horror stories, reach out to us at what block? 215-609-4301, or you can hit us up on the text line, 215-435-4099. Before I forget, and we're going to say more about it towards the end of the show, this weekend is going to be a wonderful event. It's called 1000 Poets for Change. 100,000. Thank you. Oh, she wrote 100,000 Poets for Change. They are calling all conscious artists. September 29, 2012, 27th and Wharton Streets from 10 to 5, rain or shine. Dancers, singers, music artists, theater artists, poets, and spoken word. We'll have more information towards the end of the show. And your very own Black the Broke Poet will we'll be, be the performing MC. live. Oh. Kala Kala, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people, law, and playing language. This is Deb Rain, the compassionate lawyer. Who dis? How are you? Fine, you. I'm doing well, and I didn't catch your name. Can you say your name again for me? Conjamal. Conjamal, how you doing? How can we help you? I'm trying to find out for who owns the station. You're trying to find out what? I'm trying to find out for who owns the station. What's a, is this a normal station? Is that what you're saying? This is G-Town Radio. This is G-Town Radio. It is. This is for the people, law and playing language. You got a, la- a tenant issue for us? This is a legal talk show. No. Okay. Well, thank you for calling anyway. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Oh, sorry. There was another caller. Caller, call back. You there now? 
No, they're not there. All right. Caller, whoever that was that was trying to call, hit us back, 215-609-4301. The last caller, thank you so much for sharing. So on the other side of the break, we were talking about um, tenant rights, the most important being, if you have that written lease, being aware of what the um, terms and conditions are in that lease. Also, we said to you that you're not less protected by the law if you don't have a lease. It just makes it easier if you have to go to court and defend against being evicted or any challenges that you might bring against your landlord. It's easier to define what the terms and conditions of your living at that property would be. So it's always easier if you have a lease. Ladies and gentlemen, remember we are on our new format. The show goes till 9.30, so y'all folk on CP are probably just now tuning in. How you doing? What's up? Title of tonight's show is called Landlord, Landlord, Why For Art Thou a Slumlord? So some of the things that you can do to keep yourself from falling prey to the slumlord, if you didn't know, you better ask somebody. Anyone in the, and right now, guys, I'm speaking about the confines of Philadelphia County. If you have property and you endeavor to be a tenant, a landlord, and Black must be over there laughing because Mama Black said something else funny. <laughs> What's she say now? <laughs> I'm going to keep this one off air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyone who's a, a property owner and wants to be a landlord... <laughs> so the silence is it her was to be a landlord the first thing they have to do is make sure they get what used to be called a business privileges license in philadelphia county now it's called a commercial activities license that is required of folks who endeavor to rent their property out to folks and i'm speaking ladies and gentlemen of private landlord landlords with private property I'm not speaking about um, public housing. Even if you're a landlord and you have a house and you participate in the Section 8 program, you still have to have the commercial activities license, what used to be called the business privileges license. Next, you have to get a renter's license in Philadelphia County. One of the ways you can get that, start with going to the license and inspection downtown Philadelphia County in the city, go through L&I, pay the necessary um, fees and the like, and you get what's called a renter's certificate of habitability. It assures the tenants that your property is not some property where it's got lead poisoning and all kind of stuff on there. Black is killing me reading those text messages from Mama Black. <laughs> How important is it for you guys out there, do you think, to know whether or not the person you're renting from is adhering to the law? Is it important for you, Black, the person that you're renting from? Is it an individual or a management company? It's an individual, but he has a lot of properties. He's been in business for quite a while. All right. And when you rented from this guy, did you ask to see his certificate of habitability for renters, renters um, certificate or his business license? Or you didn't care as long as the property was clean and, and a place you can live comfortably? Um, I think normally that probably would be good enough for me. But I actually went. He has a, a, a an office, a management office in, in which he had all of those certificates hung up on the wall. So. Okay. You saw all those? Yeah. And how you know they weren't fake? I mean, they probably were, but <laughs> at least he tried. <laughs> I'm reading now, in March 2006 in Philadelphia County, Pennsylvania, the Certificate of Rental Suitability became law. And what this says is that a landlord prior to renting a residential property in Philly must obtain from LNI, Department of License and Inspection, a certificate stating that there are no recorded code violations on the property. Um, Leslie, when Leslie called, said that there was somewhere you can go 
and find out if there's been code violations. That is the Department of License and Inspections. Caller, caller, you are on the air. Thank you for calling for the people, Law. In plain language, this is the host, Dad Brady, the compassionate lawyer. Who this? This is Leslie again. Hi, Leslie. How are you? I'm okay. Did you hear what I just read about the Certificate of Rental Suitability Law? That I you, did. You can go to L9. That's where you were you were inquiring about going to find out what code violations exist on the property. But Leslie's calling back as, and Leslie, correct me if I'm wrong, are you one of the organizers of the 100,000 Poets for Change? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about the um, event. Um, the event, as you mentioned earlier, is scheduled to occur this Saturday, the 29th, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, I'm going to say on Benson's lot, the 2700 uh, block of Wharton Street. It's a huge lot. You can't miss it. In between Wharton and Reed, um, 26 and 27th. Um, we have a host of poets, singers, dancers, um, some who are on a more professional circuit, if you will, others who are neighborhood talent. Um, but the premise is to promote social and political change. That's what I'm talking um, about. The event, 100,000 Poets for Change, just to give you a little bit of history on it, and I may not get it all correct, um, but Emery's not here to back me up, so um, I'm going to do the best I can. Um, it was cre- started in California, if memory serves correctly, um, by M- Michael Rothenberg and Terry C. I can't remember Terry's last name, but it's Terry C. Um, and from what I understand, they were sitting around having a conversation, and Michael was extremely concerned, you know, about the lack of uh, respect and consideration, you know, for for people towards one another, you know, in their various situations. Um he thought there wasn't enough uh, uh, social and political awareness. You know, it wasn't enough kindness to your neighbors, wow. solidarity. You know, you don't know your neighbors down the street, you know, right, this right, kind right. of thing. Um, and, so it, what he, and what I'm reading, it says it's a global event with 800 events in as many as 111 countries. Simultaneous. Yes. Wow, um, this is simultaneous, right? Yes, That is phenomenal. Um, not only simultaneous, but there are some events who ha- that have already occurred um, or are occurring throughout the week. You know, and they vary from venues. Some people may only have a two-hour event where you have a little coffee house with some spoken word. Others may have, you know, an evening of, you know, uh, music. It-, it varies according to, I guess, the culture, that you know, is... the location within the city. Is there going to be, um, f- let me ask one important question. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be some food? Because I like to eat. Now, we will be taking care of our performers. Um, from, we're going to also have uh, my organization, um, Residents Organized for Advocacy and Direction. Road. Yes. We're going to have a help fair going along at the same oh, well, time. Oh, I got to eat grain and oats and stuff? No. <laughs> the, not health. Help. H-E-L-P. Um, oh, and okay. And to bring some awareness to the neighborhood with the various organizations. For food, um, there's a church right in the same vicinity on the corner. They were kind enough. The Reverend uh, Pastor Willie Singletary was um, good enough to let us use the lot. You know, That's you normally awesome. you have to lease it through him. But I believe they're going to have uh, fire up a grill. I don't know if they're selling or just giving it out. Um, Look, I'll give a dollar for a burger. Leslie, is yeah. there a website folks can go to in order to get more um, specific information about the um, 100,000 Poets for Change? It is www.100t-like-in-terry-p-like-in-poets-t-like-in-change.org. Uh, like That's 100... 100- 
TPC.org. Is it the word 100 or the digits 100? The digits 100, 100TPC.org. And if you go to the right-hand side and go down, you can click on your country, then you can click on the city. You know, there's also um, a place event. I'm you, sorry. you can find an event that you'd like to go to in you your can city find and country. An event That's and awesome. You can create an event. Okay. You know, of course, it'll have to go through the channels and be approved, but you can also create an event. Um, and what we're hoping for next year is that we have, you know, more little sections of the city in Philadelphia participate or one big collaborative effort. And whatever for the people can do the help, we can help. So, Leslie, is there Definitely. a phone number folks can call? Um, we have a phone number for our particular event. Mm-hmm. Um. For further information, that will be 215-763-3709. We also have, um, we have a blog um, going on. Uh, I shouldn't have said it on my face without checking it to see what the blog address was. Um, But what you can do is my Facebook page for the organization, the Facebook moniker is Residents, R-E-S-I-D-N-T-S. Organized, O R G A N I Z E D. Residence, I'm sorry, Residence Advocacy Direction. I hear you. Residence Advocacy, A D V O C A C Y Direction, D I R E C T I O N. And if you go to my page, then you can uh, type in, in the search function 100,000 Poets, and you'll get. There'll be a drop-down box. The main web page will come up as well as um, the page for the blog. Well, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Well, Leslie, I really appreciate it. Let me ask you a question. Are you a spoken word artist? You, I wouldn't. You do a little something. Say a little something, something for the people. <laughs> Go ahead. You articulate. Go ahead. Say something right on profound. <laughs> well, I don't really have anything profound, but what I do when I'm put on the spot like this is there's a poem I I wrote for my children when they were little, and I would say it to them as they were going to sleep. And it's one of my favorite poems because it keeps me calm. Please share. So I'll just throw that out there. Please share. Uh, it's untitled. When the day is gone, the sun no longer seen, close your eyes, my dear. Be happy. Dream. Aww. The end. Wow, that's really sweet. Add in there, and Debbie I, can I cuss a little kids go. I just don't have it memorized. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Leslie, thank you so much. Anyone out there wants more information about 100,000 Poets for Change, reach out to us. You can find them on the website, as Leslie said, digits 100 the letter T as in Tom, P as in Paul, C as in Cat, dot O-R-G. Or you can go to Leslie's Facebook page, and Leslie's Facebook page, once again, ladies and gentlemen, is the road. And I don't know what road stands for. I'm looking for it now. <laughs> Residents uh, Organized for Advocacy and Direction. Residents Organized for adv- adv- Advocacy and Speaking Ability and Direction. Leslie, <laughs> thank you so much, darling. Thank you so much. We will thank make sure we put me. some more information out there about the um, about the um, or the event. And you will see... The For the People family there supporting Leslie and all the other um, artists out there, particularly Miss Black. Ooh, she's going to be performing. <laughs> can't Leslie. wait to hear. Uh, yeah, she's phenomenal. You'll hear a little something, something tonight, too. Okay. She always prepares a piece for our shows. Leslie, thank you so much. 
Thank you all for having me. Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you, looking forward to the 100,000 Poets for Change. Thank God I don't have to get up early in the morning on a Saturday because I <laughs> whine all the time. I'm going to have to do that. So we're talking about tenant rights. And one of the things I said before we started talking to Leslie about the event, 100,000 Poets for Change, is this idea of people renting property want required to have a um, certificate of, what is it called? Suitab- rental suitability. What is that? All that says is, look, look, whoever comes to rent my property, I promise you I ain't got no code violations. But you don't have to take that um, landlord's word for it. As Leslie said earlier, you can go down to l give them the address of the property, and they can look it up for you and tell you if there's code violations. But this certificate, what it does do for the landlord, though, it lets the landlord feel comfortable knowing that there aren't any code violations on that property. Is it important? Do you lose your right to sue a landlord because he or she doesn't have the necessary commercial activity license or the certificate of rental suitability? And my four of the people fame are getting on my nerves. They sitting there writing notes back and forth, laughing. I'm sure Mama Black said something else funny. No, I asked Black. I sent her a note that says, what time do you have to leave? Because she has to go to work this evening. I know. And she said 1145. I thought she was talking about the event with time I performed. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, you have to leave here at 1145. Oh, baby girl, we're going to be long. In <laughs> bed, sleeping. So I want to say thank you to our two very special in-studio guests. And I'm sure Mama Black wants to say very, very special thank you to baby girl. Sure, so, sure. sweetheart, tell us your name again and tell us how old you are. My name is Dayla, and I am six years old. Thank you, Dayla. And your what's your mommy's name? Mommy, right? <laughs> you know her other name? Yeah. What? Leela. <laughs> is that mommy's name, Leela? But you can't call her that. You have to call her mommy, right? We want to thank Leela. Thank you so much for being brave and coming in and asking your questions. And me. yeah, go ahead. Oh. Thank you for having me here. I'm not sure why you guys act like you're saying goodbye. We're not going nowhere, but she's been sitting there just quiet. I want to make sure she knew I didn't forget about it. And my assistant producer came out and let them know when they were having a break. She said, the deucer said you got two minutes left. (laughs) (laughs) This is really cute. Ladies and gentlemen, the stuff I'm telling you about the rental suitability ordinance certificate requirement, the commercial activities license, what used to be called the BPT, um, is, is, is not stuff that has to happen in order for you to challenge your landlord. It doesn't. What's a BPT? It, the B- business privilege taxes. It used to be business privilege license. I'm so sorry, BPL. Now it's called the commercial activities license. Some other things that you need to know that we haven't gone into that I'm going to run into really, really quickly. If you listen to episode 12 on our website, it's called the Hand That Signs the Lease, the Landlord Tenant Show, where we had the landlords on. The law does say that landlords are not allowed to charge more than two months' rent as a security deposit. The way they get around that here in Philadelphia, they make you pay the first month's rent before you move in. Just sort of an assurance that you're going to pay that rent. Then they take those sixty those that those other two months' rent and they put that in a, an account they're supposed to. The law says if it's a one-year lease or less, they have to put it in a... Okay, that's her reading again. We have they have to put it in an interest bearing account. <laughs> the longer the lease, the more requirements they have to fulfill in order to satisfy the law and ensure 
that your security deposit is protected, right? If you ever sign a one-year lease somewhere, you need to make sure that in that lease there is information about that security deposit, where it's going to be kept, if it's going to be um, getting interest or not. And as long as it says it's going to get the standard interest rate from a savings account, which is what, what most landlords do with it, unless they put, well, it's like putting in an escrow account. You get a little bit of interest, whatever that interest rate is. What's the one thing that you can do that is going to ensure that you're not getting your security deposit back? Black, what is that? If you were a landlord, what's the one thing your tenant would do to, to ensure that you're not getting that security deposit back? Destroy my house. Before that. Fail to pay oh, your fail to rent. Pay your rent. <laughs> if you don't pay your rent, a lot of tenants, a lot of landlords who are cool and have been around for a while and know the the state of our economy right now and know and are smart enough to know it's better to have somebody in the property paying rent than to have that property sitting free. We'll make that offer to you. Look, if you fall into hard times and you want to use that security deposit to pay your rent, you could do that. But guess what? Be prepared to provide an additional or sort of substitute security deposit. So I don't know that I would suggest that you use that. Not this Unless landlord, you are yeah. in dire, dire <laughs> straits. This is Renee. Not well, she's this the same landlord. person that will put people under the jail for shoplifting. So we're not going to. As long as we understand each other. And. And don't rent to family. The other good thing is like what Black said. To ensure you don't get your your security deposit back, destroy the property. Right? What do you do? We're talking about wherefore art thou slumlord. What do you do to protect yourself when you move into that property to make sure that the landlord doesn't accuse you of destroying that property when you move out? How do you protect yourself? Before you even sign anything, you should have pictures. You should have the property thoroughly inspected and things of that nature before you put your name on anything. And I don't know about going out and paying somebody to inspect the property for you, but I what Black said is correct. You go through there with a camera, and preferably a video camera if you got one, and take pictures of the major walls, the ceiling, the floors, those paneling across the wall, the, the baseboards, the stove, refrigerator, whatever appliances that you get, things are going to be nicked up over time, right? The landlord's not going to come after you for wear and tear on the carpet, for example. But if you smoke cigarettes like that, like I do, and like my absent-minded professor sometimes lights on one after the other when she's writing a paper, and you let ashes fall everywhere and you start burning up the carpet, that's a little bit different. So I would make sure if your landlord doesn't give you a checklist, to fill out as you're moving in, you're going to find that more in bigger apartment buildings and big apartment complexes. You're moving into some schmo's house. They're not going to give you a checklist. Create your own checklist. And if you have a question about an existing damage on that apartment, call the landlord and yo, I went to my bedroom, opened up the closet door, and there's a hole in the closet door. What you finna do about that? Today is this date. It's not me. How are we going to make sure you know that's not me and you're not charging me with it? We got another caller calling. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people, law and playing language. This is Deb Rennie, the compassionate lawyer, your host. Who this? Hey, Deb, it's Leslie calling back. Hi, I, Leslie. I, I forgot to shout out my team. I was so nervous, and I wouldn't have been able to sleep tonight. But you did really well. Go ahead. Um, uh, I just wanted to shout out Safe Haven, Safe Haven Reentry Program. Dana Gibson, what's up, Dana? <laughs> Peace on Streets. And Unimind, because without collaboration with them and residents organized for advocacy and direction, this event wouldn't even take place. I was so nervous earlier trying to make sure I didn't sound like a bumbling idiot, but, you but were, I forgot to even throw that out there. That's, that out not there. Even, that's not even possible, and you sounded fabulous. I have a question. What the heck is Unimind? 
Unimind, from what I understand, um, it's a, a an artist movement, um, for lack of a better term. They have, um, excuse me, sculptors, artists, painters, rappers, singers. Um, this is my understanding. Um, if you Google them, you know, what what you most likely get is the events that they attend, the events that they give. Well, that's awesome. You'll um, probably get a sample of what they're, what they're, um, exactly. what they're, okay. Leslie, exactly. thank you so much. Shout out to Safe Haven, Sharp Safe Haven and Reentry Program, Unimine, and to Leslie and Road. All y'all part of Leslie's team. Peace on streets. Peace, peace on, on streets. streets. Don't forget peace on streets. Peace on streets and peace out. Thank you for calling, baby. <laughs> Shout out to all of y'all. Right now, put on your, get a glass of wine, sit back, <laughs> close your eyes, and be ready. Or a glass to of be milk for the children. And 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 hear the the just just fabulous oratorical sounds of black aka now. the broke poet thanks leslie she got glasses thank you good night all i got, good night. I got some milk for sure oh i'm on you are on i am on okay all right this piece is called uh the lord of my slums the lord of my slums upon the horizon I rise to the squeaks and creaks of this old building. I open my eyes to the moisture surprise from the leaks in this old building. Oh, how I wish I could have a better place to live, but this is all I can afford. So I call my landlord, the lord of my slums, and say, hey, I need some repairs done in this place. He says, okay, I'm on my way, and I ain't seen them yet, needless to say. The sun rises once more. My feet touch the floor. Ain't no heat in this old building. So I got to use the oven, the toilet ain't flushing, life ain't sweet in this old building. The doors are falling off the hinges, the light is broken in the kitchen, ain't, and the hot water won't even run. I feel like these conditions are beneath my standard of living, but moving takes too much money, and I ain't got none. So I call my landlord, the lord of my slums. I say, hey, I need some repairs done in this place. He says, okay, I'm on my way, and I ain't seen them yet, needless to say. After the horizon on a brand new day, I rise and take a good look at this place. Shaking my head as I notice the rent money I've been saving for the Lord of my sums. A bashful smile plays around my cheeks as I think of shopping sprees and much needed fun. I put on my favorite lay and grab the money for my slumlord because I plan to have a ball. Every dollar, every cent, every quarter for the rent, yeah, I plan to spend it all. And the End of adventures, I find myself with a one-way ticket standing in the middle of the Greyhound bus station. My phone starts ringing. It's my landlord saying, you know your rent is due today. I say, okay, I'm on my way. But I ain't never going back, needless to say. Wow. All of y'all out there having that issue, feeling what Black wrote. We hear We love you. Listen, normally when our producer gets the podcast up, she has comments and links to the information that was brought to you out here. There will be a part two, and if necessary, a part through three, excuse me, um, concentrating exclusively on tenants' rights. And we're going to do a show just for PHA. I'm hoping to get some folks on. My producer will definitely get folks on from PHA. We want to say thank you for listening to For the People, Law and Playing Language. You were listening to tonight's episode entitled Landlord, Landlord, Why For Art they, Thou a Slumlord? If you want to listen to the past podcast that related to the landlord rights, go to www.debrarenilaw.com. 
click on the link to the left that says Talk Radio. Disregard that ugly mug with the dreadlocks. That was me, but that was a long time ago, and I'm old now. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, if you have questions, you want information about this weekend's 1,000 Poets for Change, please contact Leslie at the website, or you can, first of all, go to the website, www.thedigits100, T as in Tom, P as in Papa, C as in Charlie.org, or you can telephone the folks at 215-763-3709. God, I hope that's right because my penmanship is horrible. Mama Black, once again, thank you for your comedic um, <clears throat> offerings. <laughs> and baby girl, thank you so much for coming. I want to thank our in-studio guests for being here and sharing their stories. Our new deucer aide was on her J-O-B. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, every Tuesday night from 8 to 9.30 for the people, law and plain language. Any emails, any questions or concerns, hit us up for the people at DebraInLaw.com. Follow me on Twitter, Deborah Rainey Law, or Facebook for the people law and playing language. Tune in to G Town Radio every Wednesday from three to five for the sexy soul sounds of Serena Soul Brown. Serena came in and lent us her sultry sounds and her DJ skills once or twice. I'm not sure why she abandoned us, <laughs> but uh, that's something we're gonna take up with Miss Serena Soul Brown. Also, tonight from 9 to 10, there was an interesting um, advertisement on the community calendar of the website. Something called the Bothy Open Mic, B-O-T-H-Y. It's at the Mermaid Inn, Germantown Ave in Mermaid Lane. It's open mic night at the Mermaid Inn for everybody, everything. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. For the people, law and playing language with me, Deb Rainey, your compassionate lawyer, and my For the People fan, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet, simply the, the producer. Everybody say goodbye. 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 <laughs>